This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into our Rangers podcast. We're going to talk about what's going on with this club as it's entering its final phase of the season. And, and entering. Thank you, entering, is what I said. Entering. I didn't say entering. Enduring. What did he say, David? We're enduring. We're we're in we're enduring something. <laughs> You're they're, enduring at the moment. Yeah, they're simply they're <laughs> simply just entering. We're enduring. Um, so so Evan, uh, what do you think about the club that you covered all year long? Uh, I, I think they're not very good. Um, Thanks for that shocking news. I think that uh, it's going to be a long long year next year, and that uh, I hope. Ranger fans want to get warm and teary and very affectionate and emotional over saying goodbye to their their beloved Globe Life Park in Arlington because that, to me, seems to be about the only um, excitement. <laughs> for next year? For next year at this point because I think it's going to be a very hard year for, for, for pitching. Um, they've got one starting pitcher at this point in time, and They've got a. They're not going to spend a ton of money this off season. There aren't a whole lot of options out there. They haven't got a guy, a bunch of guys at the top of the minor league system, and so I think it's going to be painful on many fronts. And as Kevin was so eloquently put earlier about enduring uh, this season, normally when you go through a season like this, you need to be able to point to three, four five things you established going forward that gives your fan base hope how many things do you think were uh, established or settled that could be a part of this team's franchise going forward that people should feel good about well I think the the best thing to come out of the pitching staff was Jose Leclerc I think they've they've established a guy who is a true back end of of the bullpen young guy but those guys also have a lot of value, and if the Rangers feel like they're going to be two, three, four years away, they may decide that next year maybe it makes sense to trade Jose Leclerc to continue to accelerate or expediate the uh, the rebuilding process. But I think he's been by and far the guy who has come the farthest and, and reached the highest this year. I think Mike Miner has been uh, a good sign. Uh, it, was, it was the kind of creative sign that they had to take for pitching. Um, here was a guy who did not pitch for two years and then was a reliever last year, and he has converted well to a starter and is finishing this year very, very strong. Yurks and Profar, I think, has – look, if you look at Jerks and Profar's numbers right now across the board, they're better than Nomar Mazzara and uh, Rugnet Odor. Uh, he's come a long, long way. This is a guy, I think, that we went into the season saying – now, this is an extra guy, and I think you could you could go into next year, and if Adrian Beltre doesn't come back and, and you have Profar there, 
he could be your third baseman, and you could be content with that. With Profar again, here's a guy who's going to be two years away from free agency. Mm-hmm. And do you consider? Do you consider? Kevin's paying me a hundred bucks right now. Yeah, that's it. You don't get anything, Dave. Um, I'm accustomed to that. I, I don't know what about this whole conversation prompted him to whip out a hundred bucks. <laughs> I but, certainly don't at this point. But if I, I'll you say it, strong, I'll say it more often, Kevin. Um, but I, that just made me feel really good. What you said. Thank you. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, he's obviously a pro fan. <laughs> I, I mean, he's a guy that they also have to consider. Look, is he going to have more value to a contender right now? So mm-hmm. they've had I, I, they've had some nice individual projects come come up to the big leagues, step up in the big leagues, develop themselves. Uh, I, I just think that everything in terms of on field success, and that's what eighty percent of fandom judges you on is going to be dictated by pitching, and this ball club does not have any and doesn't have a great hope for next year. No, there's no – they didn't get anywhere in, with the rotation. I mean, it, like you said, they signed Mike Miner, and that's a, and that's probably a short-term deal. He's here for next year. and Half of next year, probably. Right, yeah. half of next year, probably. And, and so – uh, and, that, and that was a good move, but they didn't. There wasn't one guy. Not only, not only one. There was not one young pitcher on the rotation who stepped forward this year on the big league level. You know, to give you a chance at next year. And there was not one from the minor league level that makes you think, oh yeah, he'll be ready to go in spring training. Now they will give guys a shot, right. and, and there will be guys out there. But there's nobody who has established himself. And you said, okay, this was a great season for that. Certainly not like the position players, because as you no. said, you know, jerks, and, and, and these guys were older too, and they're more experienced, and so they would take a bigger leap uh, than the. Young I have guy more, ex- definitely more experience. I mean, Johander Mendez and Nomar Mazar are the same age, but Mazar is in, his, in basically his fourth year right. or his third year. I mean. So you would expect to see different kinds of development, but the but the, and I will say about the Profar thing uh, to me. Um, I, I almost, you know, when we're voting on individual awards for the for the Rangers this year, um, I, I, I voted Chu the MVP. But I, you know, uh, there was there was some slim pickings there. But I would have put Profar. He was a very close second for me because of what you said about how he's played and then the number he's put up and the fact that he's been so versatile. Well, he's been versatile, and I also think he's finishing stronger than Odor is. Odor, I think there was a point in time where you would have said, if it's not Chu, it's Odor mm-hmm. uh, because he came so far. And, and, and He's you know, really dipped now. But he has struggled here the last 30 days or so, and, and Profar is finishing really, really strong. Uh, and I think even you – Mr. You're critical of everything, like every anything that has to do with releasing a ball from a hand, whether it's a quarterback <laughs> or a pitcher. He just gave or you hundred dollars. I know, but he's very released, critical of it. I released that hundred dollars, <laughs> but he's throwing the ball better now too. Uh, Profar, yeah. Uh, listen, I never. You know, he that. he told me uh, this week when we were on the road, and and, and I asked him about throwing. And he said, <laughs> of all things, that it was Odor. Who had mentioned to him when we were uh, when the Rangers were in New York in in August that he they were playing catch? He said you're gripping the ball way too hard, really, and way too far back. And um, he 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 eased up his grip and his throwing errors have have been limited. So maybe Odor is going to be an infield coach. I like it. Well, you know, here's here's the thing about that. I, I never question everybody was questioning his arm strength. If you watched him a few times when he was at shortstop and he really unloaded. It was fine. You know, his arm strength is fine. My problem is what you notice is just what 
Odor was saying is that it, it was the double clutch getting the ball out of his glove. He's constantly doing that. And that really, you know, that's you're cutting down on your time to get the runner now when you're doing that. You just got to get the ball out of your glove and throw it. So I think he, I, I couldn't tell if that was because, you know, I'm nervous about this. I mean, that's all. I think that you know, all of that comes down to some degree of anxiety and nerves. Yeah, I think um, I think so. So I, I don't have a problem with him throwing the ball. I don't think he's going to be. I looked up his defensive you know ratings the other day at third base. You know, he's he's not great. He's a little below average. Uh, but a lot a lot of that was early in the year too. He has he has come along with his his hands and his charging of the ball at third base are really good. I think there's. You know, I think he does have some trouble when he's got a when he's got to change arm angles just a little bit, but uh, I I think the arm has improved at third base. But that's all to the the same point that David brought up of, you know, who has improved here this year. And I I would say that if you're looking for one player who's improved the most from where this team stood at the start of the year to now, it would be Jerickson Profar. Yeah, and so, and so there were. Those were those were good things, and uh, this team, uh, the, the young guys. You know, I, I was talking to Jerry Freddy about this at the game last night. We were talking. I said, "Who would be your starting lineup opening day?" Uh, just forgetting about you know what's going to happen in spring training. Just from right now, what would you say? We went around, and it's pretty much what you what you saw out there last night. Except, uh, and and I agree with this. He says, "You know, I give Joey Gallo a shot in center field." You know, uh, because I look at that, this, the way I look at it is, is that at one time I wouldn't have done that. But uh, first of all, he's a really good athlete. He's very instinctive. You, you watch him catch a fly ball. He's very natural. He, you know, you, you can watch almost all the other outfielders uh, that have, have given that shot. And they're all a little bit iffy on those sometimes. And, uh, you know, and, he, and he, he, does, he has a, a really good arm. He doesn't use it well in the outfield yet. He, he has to learn how to set his feet and throw because the guy throws 95 miles an hour. You know, I, I think that potentially he could be really good out there. And then his numbers, which aren't great, you know, his, his OPS is really good. And It's but, not great. It's, it, it's, it, it's, it's nice. It's nice. But for a center fielder, it's really good. And, that, and see, that's, that's the thing that he gives you there. If you're trying to maximize positions, productions from, from positions, then – then I think that's that's a way to, to really help get more out of it, especially if you decide you want to give one of these other guys a shot in left field. Well, here's the deal. Um, what you're not taking into consideration. Uh-oh, here, he's where he's telling me I'm wrong. You're disgusted with you, too. Yeah, you no kidding. I am. I'm disgusted <laughs> with you, Kevin. Yeah. Well, so far, it's me and Fraley against you. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Not an unusual dynamic. <laughs> I'll take it. those odds. Um, oh, wow. Oh, oh, first wow. base, first base, Ronald Guzman, left-handed hitter. Second base, Rugnet Odor, left-handed hitter. Left field, Willie Calhoun, left-handed hitter. Center field, Joey Gallo, left-handed hitter. Right field, Nomar Mazar, right, left-handed hitter. D.H., Sinshu Chu, left-handed hitter. You're way too left-handed. So well, some, I did not, I didn't, did a not left put Willie Calhoun in left field. Well, who's, who's going to be your other left fielder then? I'll go find one. Well, you, you're saying they got to find one. No, I'm, 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 I'm not. What are you going to do with Willie Calhoun? Because well, because Joey Gallo's going to hits left handed. What are you going to? You know, I, I'm probably going to play Joey Gallo in left field. And then who you put in center? I will probably give Delino to Shields another shot in center field. So you're saying that you would rather have Delino in center just because he's right handed? 
I'd rather have Delano in center if he's going to be the Delano to Shields from a year ago and from 2015, who was on base 35% of the time at the top of the lineup. It's a dynamic, dynamic kind of uh, thing. Um, and I think if you put Joey in center field, it's going to shorten. It's it's going to short. He's going to have a short shelf life there, and it may shorten his his ability to uh, uh, to contribute. I mean, all the things you know. Certainly, his body's not ravaged the way Josh Hamilton's was, but he'd be one of the biggest center fielders of all time, if not the biggest. Uh, and the possibility for doing some real soft tissue type situations, I think, just really. Here's where you're wrong. He's not going to be the center fielder for a long time. He'd be the center fielder for two years. Right. Then you move him over to left field and you bring up one of those other guys. I said he'd have a short shelf life in center field, but I still think those two years in center field could have a take a real toll on him. I don't think so. You know, here's the thing that people – Well, I do. Here's what people don't understand. You do a lot of running. I'm on the fence. <laughs> you do a lot of – speaking of fences, <laughs> you do a lot of running in left in center field. But here's the thing. Uh, he is a really good athlete. Uh, and, and secondly, you only got one fence to worry about in center field, and that's the one behind you. And, and left or right, you've got two fences you got to worry about. And that's, and that's the thing. When people talk about the possibility of injuries out there, uh, I, I don't believe – that at his age, playing center field for two years is going to be any more damaging to him in the short term or long term than it would be playing left field. He likes playing the outfield, and I'm going to tell you right now, you, he will much more like playing center field where the ball doesn't tail on you. Uh, it's, it's pretty true, and he, he'll end up liking it very much out there. I, I, and listen, I like Delino, and I, and I like to get the, for them to get Delino in the lineup, but he took a significant step back this year. And Defense, uh, offensively. He did well, and then you know there. Well, we can get into that later. Uh, I, yeah, I do think that he, but but defensively, he can't throw, uh, and and that's an issue as well. Uh, so I think if you're trying to upgrade the defense, I think that I think Joy would be a better uh, center fielder. But then you're putting Willie Calhoun in left field. I didn't say we're putting Willie Calhoun in left. Well, field. Uh, there's he's there just is, dismissed Willie Calhoun. He he's is. left him and, out of this conversation. I kind and, of and there is there's no reason to go out and get a left fielder. Unless it's a right-handed hitting left fielder that you're swapping one of these other outfielders for, that might be. But if I'm swapping one of these outfielders, I got to get back a pitcher. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to go out and pay money for a free agent outfielder. Well, your but your remedy is is simply Delano and hoping that Delano comes back to what he was. Yeah, because let me tell you something. This team's not contending next year, and it's no. not contending in 2020. And by 2021, then I expect Leody Tavares or Julio Pablo Martinez or, you know, a long, long shot, somebody like Bubba Thompson to be ready. Right. And what I, significant money they spend next year will be on pitching. This offseason will be on pitching, not positional. If they, they spend any money. They yeah. won't spend yeah. any money. No. And, I mean, I, if, if I'm them, I spend what I do. spend some. What I, do on, have nothing what I do on pitching, the model that I use, and I know I have this man, this man pitching crush on Sonny Gray, even though he's had a horrible year. But I look at a guy like Sonny Gray, who's 20, I think 29 right now, and I, I say, I'm done with the one-year contracts for guys like Giovanni Gallardo or Bartolo Colon, guys who are going to have no value, that they're just there to fill out innings. Give me a bunch of guys, even if it's the, the, the shot that you took with Matt Moore, which was ended up being a way – a a bad, bad spot. Give me those gambles because if I hit on one or two of those guys, then I've got real trade commodities at, at the deadline. Somebody who I can sign for, say, a two-year deal 
so that if I trade them at the deadline, somebody will have them for the remainder of, of that pennant race and in another year. You're really focused on acquisitions you can move to accelerate your development. Correct. That's, Which is what basically they were trying to do this year. Yeah. They weren't trying very hard, but they did it. Right. But I think they, I mean, the idea of adding more on a one-year deal and Fister on a one-year deal, I don't think those were smart business decisions. I think if you were going no. to add guys, you needed to you you needed to be ahead of the curve this year and anticipate this is how the market's going to go. That nobody's going to pay for pitching for rental pitching. You saw that with you Darvish last year. If you're going to acquire pitching that you might be able to flip, you've got to at least be willing to say, "I'll go out and pay." You know, agree to the two year deal and find a way to flip them at the deadline. Even if you then have to pay some money to move them. At least you've got an asset that you're going to you're going to re- recoup real talent. But that was that not what happened with Lance Lynn? Did he not get a two or three year deal? I can't remember. I think uh, I forget Cobb. One of them got a multi year deal, and one of them got a one year deal, and both of them have not pitched very well. No, but they, but Lynn got dealt though. Right, right. So so that was that was the issue is that even if you'd given a guy a two or three year deal. There was a good chance, that, you know, just as Evan said, you could trade him, and that was kind of my complaint of going into this season. Was they they took it the cheap way out, and and you were really just really hoping that these guys would be really good, you know, and they yeah. weren't. And yeah, Lynn was just a one year deal at twelve million this year. Is that what it was? Yeah. And now now what I hear both of you saying because I'm a reporter, so I listen <laughs> to people and try to like put this together. You're telling me again in every sport. A franchise wants to sell their fan base hope, even if they can't compete. What I gather from hearing both of you talk is, really, next year, Rangers fans, the organization is not selling hope as much as they're selling architecture. The year after that, I think they're selling. Yeah. I think they're selling. They're selling youth. They're selling um, memories or nostalgia. Nostalgia. Um, you're selling, selling, you're selling youth because you don't know if there's hope in that youth, but correct. you're selling the youth. Yes. You're selling youth, you're selling nostalgia, and you're selling get your tickets at the ballpark now because it'll because. guarantee you a seat at the <laughs> yes. new ballpark. Yeah. So uh, that's what they're selling. But there's, uh, I think it would be foolish of the Rangers to try and promote next year's team as having a legitimate shot to compete because sure. you can't look at this pitching staff. Um, but you also can't be so crass – and insult your base to the point where we're just marking time until we get into our new building. Unless you're going to come out and, and say you're tanking, and then you might endear yourself to a small portion of fans, but really insult others. No, that, that won't work. You know, uh, this is one of the reasons why, and, and I didn't make this as a reason for, uh, for uh, Jeff Bannister's tenuous situation out there. Uh, but if you bring in a new man, if you fire the manager, bring in a new manager, then there's a little bit of, you know, for the people who didn't like Bannister uh, mm-hmm. or don't like Bannister and, and just want some change, there's um, okay. Well, this is good. We can, you know, now we're moving on with a new program. Well, it's here. like when it's Luke Skywalker thing. was going through Jedi training. You know, he's gonna get hit in the head with the objects that he's levitating a little bit before he learns how to implode the whole world. Yeah, thanks for that uh, <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> Boy. Uh, any, any, anyway, uh, so, yeah, there, there's nothing to sell for this team next year. Nothing. And that's, and that's going to be hard for this organization to take. And that's what, you know, when I was talking to Evan about this yesterday, there were, we uh, have not seen the Rangers have, no Rangers manager uh, has had three losing seasons in a row. 
I'm I'm stunned by that. Yeah. I mean I mean given given that barren period in there. Now again, I realize part of the strategy was well, one way to stay a step ahead and show fans we care is we'll get a new manager in, and so you don't you don't elongate. Yeah, they they'd not been very loyal to managers. Yeah. You yeah. look at here, Bobby Valentine was the longest tenured forever. And then, then uh, Ron Washington. Did Ron Washington end up with more years than of service than Bobby? He uh, he managed more games than Bobby. Yeah. yeah. So, and if you're not selling hope, you have to at least show that you're willing to change. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If you if you sell if if you and I, I, I would hope that they wouldn't make managerial decisions based based on, on that marketing. on that. Yeah. But you know, if you do roll out a new manager, uh, it does since he is oftentimes a spokesman and the and and ultimately the face of the club that it does suggest okay we realize that what was what we what we had player wise roster wise everything wasn't working we're going in a new direction get in on the ground floor you yes. know mm-hmm. um i it, that's always harder to do with fans in in the modern age of free agency mm-hmm. because it used to be well you're getting in on the ground floor and you'll see these guys for 10 years but it's not not yeah. so much anymore mm-hmm. so um, I, I, I want to get into that, Kevin. You wrote um, you wrote this morning just about the uh, one. I'm shocked that you have to brought, bring up what Kevin wrote because normally that's how the show starts. I believe actually the column this morning <laughs> did actually include for those of you who read me regularly. <laughs> I wrote about this way back in. I don't believe God I said that. I don't believe I'm I sure. Go Something. back to your file. You will see that on. That's right. For those of you who keep newspapers stacked up in your hallway, um, so Kevin, sum- summarize for us what you wrote this morning. I said that if uh, if a move was going to be made because of the reasons that uh, we just cited, uh, and that this season is going to end up in the context of Johnny Oates' last full season, Kevin Kennedy's last year, um, you know, uh, Ron Washington's last year, for that matter. Uh, so it's gonna, so that would pretend that you know something bad is going to happen to him, and just because of what we said that, that he's going to lose next year. So do yeah. you want to go into that again? Uh, and those are to me not good reasons to to fire a guy. You know, it, the only reason that John Daniels can fire uh, Jeff Bannister is if he decides that you know what I hired the wrong guy in 2014. Uh, that this the guy I needed. I, I probably should have hired Kevin Cash instead, who was one of the other finalists. Uh, because this was the hand that he was dealt, you know, there was, and I have actually had people write me and say, oh, you know, pitching was plenty good enough. It's like, you've got to be kidding, right? For this this year? Yeah, this was not a major (laughs) league rotation. You know, you had Cole Hamels, who was not pitching well and who did not pitch well until he was traded, uh, and then you had just a bunch of guys behind him. Uh, So uh, this this was not a win in hand. Now, uh, I believe if they do decide to fire him, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Uh, I, I think that if you, as long as you go out and make the right hire this time, a guy who fits this club, I, I do think that a club that is that is so heavily uh, Hispanic, uh, not only at the major league level but in the minor league level, that it would really be good for them to have a bilingual manager uh, and, and somebody who understands the culture. Yeah, uh, I, I think as much as anything – if you're going to make a change and you're going to add in the factor, if you're going to account for the factor of Latin American players, it's as important to understand the culture as it is to be able to speak the language. Mm -hmm. Um, These guys come from different circumstances. When you go to 
you go to the Dominican and I spend, you know, two or three days in the Dominican, uh, it's a, it's a huge wake up call. Um, and that's, that's what these guys have, have to, those are the, those are the personalities that these guys have to manage and, and, and things like that. I, you know, I, I, I sit here and I look at this situation and my question on on the managerial situation is there was no extension given to Jeff Bannister on his contract after last year. There was no option to pick up. So his he would be going into next year what amounts to a lame duck year in the last year of his contract unless the Rangers magically decide to give a guy an extension after a 90-loss season. Um, that's... That's a recipe for nothing but questions. Yeah. Well, and this I think is a crossroads too. That. Yeah, yeah, and, and this this also gets to, you know, we're talking about it from a, a John Daniel standpoint. Um, Thanks, Brian. What about <laughs> what about from Jeff Bannister's? Right. You go in the final year, he can force the issue as well. If he doesn't get an extension, or like, no, you're our guy going forward, and they don't come to that understanding, why would you want to sit here? Take another ninety losses on your record, and then be thrown out. Yeah, I mean that. So I mean, he. Well, I don't looked, know that. He, the other thing is, I don't know that he, he, you know. There's thirty of these jobs. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Well, I'll give but you, all the you have to weigh that. Sure. I don't know if you want to walk away and say you didn't give me an extension after two back-to-back losing seasons. So. No, I, I'm saying that plays out behind the scenes, though. I sure. mean that that is clearly like, well, look, you know, I'm going to take another beating. Are you just going to throw me away after it? Do you see what I'm saying? Right. At least a one. You know, I mean, we how, how can we work this to right. show everyone that we're united in this going forward? Because if you don't, we're clearly not united going forward. Yeah, I, I just I don't. I also think that you know, as we've talked about ad hominem. Boy, I did now not you're talking about your vegetable hominem. Ad hominem. <laughs> As we've talked about, maybe some pasoli too. You meant ad nauseum. Maybe some ad nauseum is what you meant. Not nauseum. Ad I forget. <laughs> nauseum is often associated. I'm nauseated right talking. now. But, yeah. um, and these are the people criticizing my pitching's pitching's language. an issue here, and I think this organization has to recommit itself to pitching. And if you're going to take a new direction in pitching, uh, both at the minor league level, you may also extend that and say, "Look, we're doing that at the major league level, and we're we're cleaning house." Not just with the pitching coaches, but also the manager, and we're going. You know, everybody's going to be on the same page here, pitching wise, in this organization. Uh, that, however, and I think you address this again in your column to some extent. A lot of that falls at John Daniels' feet. This t- this this team has not developed pitching. Right. Um, Martin Perez has Martin Perez has gone backwards. He's out of the rotation. They may they probably won't pick up his contract option. He's the last starting pitcher that they developed and so it's been eight years since Mar- basically since eight Martin years. Perez uh, well Perez broke in in 2012 so it's been six, six. years um it, it's just unacceptable it is it's all unacceptable of course and as I pointed out you know there's no reason to give up on Martin either it's that's just phenomenal to me that they've already announced that well we don't really want to do that you know, we don't really want to pick up his option next year for seven and a half million, which is which is jump change. Well, I mean, I think that there, and uh, we we need to get out of here, but we've touched on this before. I think that their feeling is, ain't nobody going to pay Martin Perez even seven and a half million dollars to start next year. If they want to bring him back and give him five million bucks as a, as a base with some incentives, they'll still be the only team standing on. So when you publicly do this, you also increase the chances that he'll take 
that same amount less elsewhere than he would to come and back just here. Say, yeah, I need a change of scenery. Absolutely. Well, yeah. they, they, uh, somebody gave Matt more $9 million, I like to point out. No, no. That was part of a, of, of a contract. That was part of a previous contract. Well, they didn't sign him. They traded for him. That, that's true. That's so, true. But still, you, you took that money on. Yes, you did. But I think the market uh, is, is, is changing. Yeah. For bad pitchers. Yes, it is. All right. All right. We're done. Who, that's who, it. Well, we stop. Who's in charge of getting us out of here? You be, you be in charge. It's the Rangers podcast. You be in charge. Okay. Uh, well, um, Kevin, you're fired. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, David, good job, as always. Well, thank thank for, you so much, Evan. For deferring to me a lot. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, that's our Rangers podcast for this week. Uh, as we head into the final two weeks of the season, I'm sure actually we'll probably have more um, interesting stuff to talk about once the season ends. The same so, conversation, only more intense. Uh, absolutely. And a little more layers revealed by then. I'm, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I think it's 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 a uncertain situation going forward. But until then, uh, so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.